did you have a goal in 2023 of maybe wanting to drop some body fat and then maybe also wanting to keep it off? There's a fair chance that that might have been one of your goals. But sadly, there's also an 85% chance, whether you did or didn't reach that goal, that you will put all that body fat back on and probably more inside a very short period of time. And today, we're going to cover 15 of the possibly highest reasons why you didn't lose the body fat you wanted and what you need to fix in 2024 to have better results. Meet your host, Andy Naylor. Andy is a men's physique transformation expert, competitive physical champion, and a multi-six-figure business owner who has helped thousands of busy, high-achieving men get into the best shape of their lives and reconnect with their inner alpha. On this show, Andy is going to share with you his playbook on feeling healthy again, avoiding the common pitfalls successful men fall into, dropping 20 to 30 pounds of fat, and building a physique you can finally be proud of. And the transformations aren't just physical either. You're going to learn how meeting your personal goals will help support your professional achievements, giving you that true alpha mentality. Let's go. Welcome back to the show. Um, my name is Andy Naylor. I am CEO and founder of Naylor Body Design and host of your Optimal Alpha podcast. And today we are going simply through what could be the top 15 reasons you have not been able to drop the body fat that you desire and keep it off at any point up until this point. So these 15 are in no order. This is possibly not an extensive list either, right? The, the, the list of reasons why you have not been able to drop the body fat that you desire and probably more importantly, keep it off. That list could be endless. And so to keep this podcast under a week long, I've decided just to look at 15. And these 15 are not in order. I thought of them in a particular order and then I shuffled them up to try and help you not necessarily pay attention to anyone more than the other because I don't know what your particular reasons may be. So I wanted to lay them out in a fashion that they'll just come in any old order. Let's just dive straight in. First of the 15 reasons, which is misinformation about nutrition. A significant percentage of people are going to struggle with any kind of fat loss goal just due to misinformation about nutrition. Listening to maybe poor sources and, and taking in poor information about nutrition, nutrition trends, maybe diets, things like that. Just down to the fact of, I mean, the things that we hear, oh, you know, I'll, I'll lose weight if I stop eating bread. I'll, I'll, I'll probably lose all the weight I need to lose if I, you know, if I stop drinking sodas. It's like as if there's one food or one thing that's going to make all the difference. There's nothing wrong with either of those two things. Like technically, I mean, we could delve into whether the ingredients are good or whether they're good for gut health. And yeah, we, we can go down that road. But ultimately, just looking and thinking, I will do better if I just, you know, oh, if I just, you know, I don't know, stop eating. Stop eating bread is actually really high up on the list. I'll do really well if I just stop eating bread. Why? Like what's actually technically wrong with bread? Depending on how the bread was made. Yes, it's a carbohydrate. Carbohydrates aren't the devil. It's misinformation. It's there's, there's nothing to do with there are no devil foods technically, except for particularly highly processed foods that we might want to say are not so good. But there are no wrong or right foods. It's just food with ingredients in. People tend to get themselves really caught up on, oh, if I just do this one thing, things will work. And that is misinformation about food. And also falling under this category, I would say would be, be like fad diets are misinformation about food. There are so many things that we see on the internet that a fad is often something that will offer a very quick result with seemingly little work. 
So it's very, very enticing. It's very enticing. And fad things appear all over the place, not only in the dieting world, but in the muscle building world, in health world, in business world. Fads are things that entice people into something because they just look like a bloody shortcut. Let me tell you something straight up. There are no shortcuts and you should not be looking for shortcuts. Because if you are, you're doomed to failure for everything. There are no shortcuts. We can accelerate progress towards something, but don't go looking for shortcuts, all right? Band-aids, quick fixes, like these things don't work. So maybe educate yourself on nutrition from a, you know, a reliable source, whether that be a coach, whether that be you know, actually really going out and finding proper information, maybe from a nutritionist. And you will find that once you start to have an understanding of actual nutrition and foods, you'll start to realize that most of what you've been seeing online is leading you down a, a path that is never going to get you the results that you want. So number one, misinformation about nutrition. Number two, maybe mental health challenges. Here's an interesting one. Well, certainly I would say, and we saw this through COVID, right? I would say that people getting stuck at home, people not being able to do, you know, have freedom and things like that. A lot of people struggled a lot more with mental health challenges, feeling of isolation, anxiety, stress, pretty normal in, in the pandemic, right? But I think people struggle with those things a lot anyway. Certainly, you know, with the, the, the type of demographic that we look after, which is busy business leaders, they don't realize how stressed they are. They don't realize if they are suffering with mental health challenges because they just power forward at 100 miles an hour. But the problem with, you know, some degree of a mental health challenge, that could be depression, that could be stress. Those things tend to lead to potential lack of motivation, you know, lack of seeing a clear vision forward, lack of mental clarity, possible overeating. These things can sort of spiral into possible other bad habits, self-medication, maybe drinking, not being able to sleep, you know, patterns like that. Those things then become a, a sort of orbiting around this whole problem of well, where the mind goes, the body follows. And if the mind is going to a particularly dark, difficult place, how, how, how do we expect then our body to be performing in the way that we want it to? So simply put, number two, mental health challenges. And if you are suffering with something like that, go seek help. In this day and age, like long gone is any stigma to do with any mental health challenges. That's that's disappeared a long time ago. I know when I was younger, it, there probably was some sort of stigma around it. It was just misunderstood. Nowadays, people are welcomed and, and you know with open arms when they admit that they've been struggling with something. Because I think most of us would all have had some sort of mental health challenge in some degree, stress, anxiety, whatever, whatever that might be. We all understand what that feels like. So we all, we are all there for each other to help each other, but it will have an effect in terms of, you know, in terms of a, a fat loss phase, a, a weight loss phase. So that's number two. Number three, underestimating portion sizes of food or quite simply not tracking your food. It is human nature to overestimate caloric expenditure. So your movement, oh, you know, I think I burn X amount of calories. I move a lot, I do. I exercise a lot, I do. But yeah, people way, way sort of overestimate that. So people tend to put themselves in a position where they, they, they think they've ex less than they have and they think they've moved more than they have, which is literally the opposite way around of where you actually need it to be. Or just simply actually not being accountable and adhering to any kind of food plan. There is no real way around this every i don't want to say diet every food plan diet-based food plan on the planet works off the basis of one particular thing which is calories in and calories out i've seen i've seen i've seen many videos of people saying that that just isn't a thing and it's lots of other things that is the underlying principle of all fat loss it's not the only thing i've seen people who are technically in a caloric deficit unable to lose body fat 
Like I've seen, of course I've seen it. I've been coaching people for 22 years. It's, I've seen that happen. Now, but for the most part, what people are doing are not being accountable to holding their calories at a particular place. You know, let's say someone needs to be eating 1800 calories to lose body fat. But if they're not actually weighing and tracking their food, and then what they're doing is they're saying, oh yeah, you know, I'm eating 1800. The chances are they're probably eating two and a half thousand. Like this is this is what happens. So number two is a poor estimate estimation of actual the amount of food that's being eaten, or just simply deciding to not adhere to a plan or actually track food. So you can see over like being really good on on for food for one or two days. Like great, well done, pat yourself on the back, give yourself a sticker. It's not going to do bugger all. It needs to be weeks, then months of adherence to some kind of plan. Now that plan doesn't have to be like sitting in a prison of food, but if you want the results, then therefore you should do what it takes to get there. Now what it takes to get there will be different for many people. I know some people that they, they, will, they, they find it difficult to put weight on so they can kind of, you know, when they eat to their natural hunger, they lose weight. But that's not most people. Chances are, if you had a goal of losing body fat last year and you didn't do it, that's probably not you. So you probably do need to stick to a plan, a ceiling of calories per day. And then once you are able to meet that, actually breaking that down into into the three main macros and having those balanced. Because the more consistent with those are throughout weeks and months, the more you'll know if it's working. Because if you're only consistent for a week and then you're like, I don't know if everything's happened, you haven't given it long enough. So number three, poor estimation of portion sizes and actual calories coming in that's possibly the biggest one here it's the most simplest one but it always seems to be the one people struggle with most because there's got to be an easier way hasn't there oh there's got there's got to be an easier way than tracking my food I don't want to track my food. Um, There's got to be an easier way around it. It's like, well, well, no, it's like, if you want to do anything, there are going to be steps toward between where you are now and that goal that are just steps that you're going to have to take. And if we look at anybody who, anybody I know who's been successful in terms of moving from a position of maybe not really truly understanding food to then being able to completely self-manage their nutrition, they've all gone through a phase of tracking their food. It doesn't mean you have to track your food forever, but certainly if the goal is, you know, you want to go off and drop 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds, whatever, maybe even, and build muscle, then you have to be tracking food somehow. Otherwise, you're trying to throw a dart at a dartboard and hit the bullseye with you spinning round and a, br- a blindfold on. You don't stand a chance. Okay, next one, sleep deprivation. So chronic sleep deprivation is often going to be overlooked. And again, most of the individuals that we work with uh, have disrupted sleep. They either don't sleep enough hours, they find it difficult to fall asleep, they don't stay asleep well, or they just wake up feeling like they, 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 they get all the others in place, but then they wake up feeling really groggy in the morning. In other words, their actual sleep cycles and quality sleep is poor. So this is going to lead to normally for most people, increased hunger decreased metabolism simple most people who don't sleep well will have increased hunger and poor metabolism you know they're going to feel groggy through the day then they're maybe going to then rely on things like caffeine more there's a whole cascade of problems that comes from not having good sleep also not having good sleep is going to mean not recovering from workouts so if training is a part of your weight loss regime regime which i'm going to guess it probably ought to be then fundamentally recovering from that training so you can have another good day is only really going to it was only going to come from great sleep so sleep is another the massive bedrock just to underline how important sleep is i put it number three on the list of things that are keeping you alive right now literally number three so number one is going to be oxygen number two is going to be water number three is going to be sleep pretty much in that order convince me otherwise if i take oxygen away from you for three minutes you're you're going to be in a little bit of trouble i think water about three days you're going to be in a bit of trouble and then sleep three to five days you're going to be in trouble 
food you can go without. Like I, I fasted for seven days and not ate anything for seven days. People have done, technically there was a study where someone, a dude didn't eat for a year. He still lived. Sleep is really important. Don't put up with poor sleep, work on it, improve it. Next, number five, medication side effects. So this is something that I don't think I've had personal experience of, but certainly we've seen evidence of where someone is taking maybe a particular type of medication and it's just, they just seem to have piled weight on. So this is something, I am no doctor, I am no physician. This is not an area that I would say that I am an expert in. It's definitely something you want to understand if you are taking medication and it seems to be piling weight on you. Is it a medication that you need to take? Is there an alternative to that medication? It could also be not taking a medication when you probably ought to be, like thyroid medication. Maybe, maybe you have an underactive thyroid and could possibly do with a little bit of help there. And maybe that's been undiagnosed and maybe you're finding it difficult to lose weight because your metabolism is therefore not being optimized because of your thyroid. So medication works in both directions. One, it could be something that you're taking that is actually helping your body gain and store body fat for whatever you know technical reason but then also it could be a medication that maybe you ought to be taking to help with something like thyroid number six an overemphasis on exercise over diet now when trying to lose body fat exercise is going to be important it does account for an amount of calories expended but it's nowhere near as effective in bringing calories down as just not eating the food if you think about it so to say to burn say a, a thousand calories on a piece of cardio equipment you might have to go flat out on something for about 60 minutes it will kill you and also you'll, you'll struggle to do that daily you know, just, it's just going to wear you out but to not eat a thousand calories well that's a lot easier stop bloody eating right like just don't it's so much easier to not eat a thousand calories than it is to try and burn it off now what i would say is though that strength and weight training should be an absolute given in a fat loss phase why because you'd probably want to retain the muscle that you've got because muscle is calorically expensive your body has to use calories to keep muscle where it is so you want to hold on to your muscle as much as you possibly can so therefore weight training you are basically sending a regular signal to your body I need these muscles to do these things like I lift this stuff over here like I need these muscles so your body's like okay well, okay well we're gonna have to hang on to this this skeletal muscle stuff because we keep having to use it therefore as you drop body weight the chance of it being fat is so much more possible but ultimately people tend to rely upon oh, you know I'm gonna I, I want to go and drop body fat I'm gonna start running which is like literally the most useless thing that possibly someone could go and do. I don't, I'm not bashing running. If you really enjoy running and you know you get a sense of freedom and stress relief, great, all the power to you. But if you're running because you think you're burning calories for dropping body fat, you're kind of wasting your time. I'm not saying it wouldn't have some degree of an effect, but my goodness, there are a big list of things in front of that that could be used more wisely to get you a better result. So an overemphasis on exercise over actually just being calorically restricted. Plateau mismanagement. This is interesting. Generally, when people are on some sort of fat loss journey, Journey, they're gonna hit a plateau right we all do there's gonna oh I was, I was going really well for the first three weeks and then something stopped what people tend to do at that point is change everything or just give up oh, I, this, nothing works for me i'm just gonna go back to eating pizza and being a fat shit right like that people just like they just give up or it's well, it's got to, like I'm gonna come, I'm gonna go from being a carnivore to keto. I'm gonna go from keto to a smoothie diet. I'm gonna go from a smoothie diet to vegan. It must be vegan. There's no logic in any of that whatsoever. None. All of those diets are basically fads anyway. People tend to jump from one fad to another. Oh, maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll do better on a fucking carrot stick diet. Just eat a selection of foods from the widest possible menu that you can, but bloody well control them. What I would suggest to you is, is when something, when, when you hit a plateau, two things, one, just stay there for a little while. 
because actual fat loss doesn't just happen in a linear fashion. It's like a whoosh and then a stall, a whoosh and then a stall. And that's just part of the fat loss process. Sometimes it will just seem to be ticking away quite easily, which is normally what happens at the beginning because you're dropping probably excess water, gut contents, yes, a bit of body fat. And then suddenly everything seems to slow down. What people tend to do is, oh, this is no longer working for me. I'm going to do something else. When actual fact, it's working just fine. You just need to be more bloody patient, don't you? Okay, And wait, because what most people do is that they're, they're in a, a period of time where they've actually probably oxidized a degree of body fat, but their, their fat cells have filled up with water expecting the body fat to come back. Um, and what would normally happen is after a period of time, those fat cells release the water and you get like this whoosh, you, like, you wake up suddenly two pounds lighter out of nowhere. But what people do is if they start to see that things have plateaued, they have a pissy fit and then like eat a pizza and drink a bottle of wine. And it's like, well, you've just, you've just lost the chance that you were about to have in terms of dropping body fat. So be more patient with plateaus and then also just change one little thing. Look at everything that's going on and try and find the most obvious thing to change. And it could be just, I don't know, like a, a 5% reduction in your calories. It could just be, well, I'll, I'll walk for an extra 10, 20 minutes a day. I don't know, just, you know, maybe not have that dessert at nighttime. Like just, just, just change one thing, one thing. Be way more measured in your response to a plateau. You'll get better results. Alphas, I interrupt this show with a simple message. This show is here to benefit you and your progression to the best version of yourself. But not only just you, it's also here to benefit the people around you, your loved ones, your friends, other alphas in your vicinity. So why not do a really cool thing today? Something that I would thank you for and maybe someone else would. Share this podcast with at least one other alpha out there who you know would benefit from it. Why not share the information, share the ability for someone else to grow? I'm sure they would thank you. I want 100% would absolutely thank you. This podcast only grows by our listeners, our followers doing amazing things like giving us five-star reviews, downloading podcasts, subscribing, and then of course sharing it with other people. I thank you from the bottom of my heart, share it with one person, and of course drop us a five-star review, download the podcast, and of course subscribe. And now back to the show. Uh, Number eight, social eating pressure. Also, maybe kind of drinking, I might pop into this. So social scenarios. I mean, look, let's be honest. Everybody comes to us and says, oh, I love food. Like, I don't know many humans that don't love food. When we celebrate, we eat. When we commiserate, when we eat. When we socialize, what we eat. Like, we, it's part of us as humans. We all like foods. But what we need to be able to do is, is go to social events. This could also be, again, for the cohort of people we work with, you know, work-based dinners, seminars, things like that. You do need to learn to be able to go to those things and actually be able to say no to stuff. Don't tell me that, oh, you know, well, I, I just can't say no. Really? I, I don't think that's true. I think you've built a, a belief system around yourself that if you're taking a client out for a meal, that you've got to have the biggest steak and three glasses of wine. That's such a, such a bullshit. Someone would, should probably respect you more if you say, oh, actually, no, I'm just going to pass on the alcohol. Oh, you know, I'm doing X, Y, Z. I would, I would have far more respect for someone doing that than someone just going along with the idea that, well, you know, it's business lunches and, you know, we all have a glass of wine and, you know, have the biggest fucking steak we can shove down our fat faces. No, you have a choice. Your life is just a, a selection of yes, no decisions, one after the other. That's it. Just sit and think about that for a second. Your life is literally just a very, very, very long string of yes, no decisions. Many of them you don't even know that you make, and they're probably very inconsequential. 
But some of them, there'll be something back. There are some yes, no decisions that you made that changed the whole path of your life. I don't know, you know, will I, will I go to college? Yes or no. Will I go to this particular college? Yes or no. Do I want to take that job? Yes or no. Do I want to marry this particular person? Yes or no. Like there are some big decisions that will change your whole path of your life. And then there's a whole bunch on the other end that like, should I put on my slippers to walk to the side of the house? Yes or no. Like inconsequential makes a difference. And then there's a whole load in the middle. If you stack enough of them together, do eventually make a difference. If you feel social pressure, well, work on that. Because if you have lots of work, meals and meetings and things like that, we have to get out. Well, you're going to always have those. So if you're going to just allow those things to be the excuse that you don't move forward, well, then that's on you, no one else. Number nine, kind of similar, emotional eating. So emotional eating is often a response to stress or just emotional situations can lead to significant weight gain for a lot of people. Most people, when they have gained significant weight over a short period of time, it will normally be down to a degree of emotional eating, something big happening. A lot of people, when, when they actually uh, uh, you know, appear to us as a client, quite often, you know, we'll say, yeah, you know, I, I've, I've like, I put on 40, 50 pounds pretty quickly. And then we're like, well, why did that happen? And it could be, look, some family, you know, family individuals health, it could be a, a particularly difficult divorce, it could be, well, I started a business, well, I closed a business, there's normally something big, that's either emotional or stress based. And then understandably, people then just eat. Because eating generally makes us feel good. And it is a it is a degree of self medication, in a way, because eating is releasing hormones and it's making us feel good if it's food that we particularly like. But it is emotional eating, we need to be a little bit more stoic. And again, it's just yes, no decisions. Number 10, lack of a personalized approach. So there's two ends to the spectrum. Some people think that they need a completely different food plan and training plan to every other human on the planet. You know, it's got to be completely personalized to me. Well, yes, but also a human is a human. <laughs> when you look at it from our side of the fence and how we go about creating a, a nutrition and exercise plan, yeah, they're all completely custom, right? They're all different in some degree and then they're all really similar in another degree. <laughs> there are structures that humans follow, which they might think are very individual to them, that when you start to look at the thousands of people we've helped over a you know, couple of decades, there's so many similarities. So when it comes to food, the approach, of course, needs to be personalized in just the sense that the, the right diet or framework of eating to be on is the one that you can stick to. So it just needs to something just needs to be personalized to the point where you can see yourself sticking to it. You've got to be able to look at a plan and go, yeah, I, I, I could eat like this, not maybe all those foods exactly, but I could eat like this forever. That's then therefore not a diet, which is exactly what you ought to be looking for, because dropping the next 30, 40 pounds of weight that you might want to drop. That's not the goal, by the way. That's half the goal because the true goal should be drop the unwanted weight and then never have to do it ever again, which is kind of like our mission statement of, of, of my company, which is to be the last coaching company someone ever needs. Like our, We know we can get someone to their goal. Our goal is to keep them there, to make sure that they can sustain that. So therefore, the approach has to be personalized. Calories, macros, more so foods and meal timings. That, that's where most personalization needs for most people. An 1800 calorie diet is an 1800 calorie diet. Okay. They, they, the calories are the same. You know, they, it will be made up of different food choices with different people. Um, but again, there's only so many major foods that people tend to be able to eat in terms of X number of 
meats, X number of fishes, X number of carbohydrates, fats, and vegetables. Like humans are eating very similar stuff. Let me tell you. The only time it starts to get really different if someone's eating more ethnically. So there's definitely ethnic style eating that would be slightly different. But when you when you sort of flatten the whole thing out, people are eating very, very similar to each other. But then it still within that needs to be personalized so that an individual can stick to it. So just going and getting, you know, downloading a diet plan off a website and, you know, hoping that's going to work for you is probably going to be a very poor approach. And also when that particular plan that is personalized for you starts to not work, it's then having somebody who knows exactly what would be the next thing to change in place ready so that the plan remains personalized but evolves with you. Number 11, not staying in a prolonged caloric deficit. So this goes back to also not really tracking food. Technically speaking, although I've said something the opposite to this earlier, but technically speaking, if someone's not losing body fat, the first thing we would look at is, well, you're not in a deficit. That's the number one thing that we're going to go looking at. Are you really telling us the truth in terms of what you're eating? Are you really moving as much as you think you are? And and maybe there's some underlying BMR, so basal metabolic rate issues that we're not aware of. But generally speaking, the number one reason people aren't losing body fat is because they're not in a caloric deficit. They think they're moving more than they are, and they think they're eating less than they are, and they're not really, they're just not in a big enough deficit and not for long enough. Again, underlying laws, there's certain things that you can't get around. You can't be in a, I would like to see someone be in a caloric, a good caloric surplus and drop body fat. Like you, you, you're going to be a bit of a genetic freak for that to happen. For the rest of us, you need to be in a prolonged caloric deficit. And the only time you come out of that deficit will be for maybe a refeed or a diet break, whereby you need to give yourself psychological break from the diet, or maybe even a metabolic boost from coming out of the diet for a diet break. Otherwise, get in a caloric deficit and stay there. Number 12, poor hydration, way over looked the three stages to fat loss there are really just three stages to fat loss which is one you need to get fat out of a cell so you're born with x number of fat cells i don't think that really changes across a person's life you can only lose fat cells from i think two particular things liposuction is one and i believe there might be a particular type of cancer that that gets rid of fat cells so neither of them are good choices so you've got a number of fat cells those fat cells can go up in number. So if you get particularly porky and you start to really stretch, the fat cells get so full that they start to stretch, they kind of go dunk and they, they, they split in two. Well, then you're completely stuffed because now you're just getting more fat cells. So it's, it's way more difficult to get lean because you're trying to get more cells leaner. Anyway, so stage one is you need to get the fat out of the cell. That's stage one. Stage two, you need to get it into the bloodstream and away from the cell so it doesn't just go straight back in. All right. Then number three, it needs to then go off to either to skeletal muscle or to your liver to be oxidized. That's kind of basically fat loss in a nutshell. So if anything that you think you're doing to drop body fat hasn't got something to do with those mechanics, you're kind of wasting your time. So what happens when the fat comes out of the fat cell is the fat cells fills back up with water. Like it just fills up, it just plumps back up with water for a degree of time and then it will kind of go whoosh and allow the water to go. Well, if you're poorly hydrated, that's that part of the process is going to be hindered. Therefore, you are hindering the stage one element of fat loss, which is getting fat out of the cell. So suffice to say, really good hydration is going to be right at the top of things. Now, also, not only is it going to aid the actual stage one of fat loss, but also it's going to aid your physical output and ability. So therefore, your training will be better because you're better hydrated. Number 13, seeing the week as five days and two. Okay, your body, really, it does not care whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It doesn't care. It doesn't know for a start. Only you know. And we've created that working week. 
And the only reason that we have a seven day working week, I believe, is because of the Industrial Revolution, where we had very much factory based working around the world. And people who own factories realized that they couldn't just drum people for seven days a week working. They were, you know, not performing well. So they made them work for five days and gave them two off. There's your seven days. So why are you, in terms of your fat loss desire, doing really well for five days and then stuffing it up the wall for the weekend because you're going to go off and reward yourself because you've done so well. I've stuck to my plan for five days. I've done a really good job and I'm going to go out and I deserve I deserve something at the weekend. I deserve a little something. I deserve to go out and have a, you know, a meal out. I deserve a bottle of wine. I deserve dessert. I deserve whatever. You deserve nothing. You deserve to take those other two days and continue to make bloody progress so that you wake up on Monday not having to start again. Oh, I fucked it up at the weekend, but I'll start again on Monday. I fucked it up at the weekend, but I'll start again on the Monday. Like, how many times will you say that to yourself before you're like, okay, the weekend is the key. I need to, well, just, there's no such thing as a weekend. It's not five days and two. It's just one day after another, after another, after another, after another, after another, until you're lean. That's it. Stop seeing it as five days and two. 14, stress levels. Kind of like sleep, uh, again, with the cohort of individuals that we look after, stress is rampant. Stress is also going to have an impact on emotional eating. So stress levels immediately impact that, but also, you know, it's going to impact hormone, cortisol, such things. And it's going to put your body in what we would call a sympathetic tone. So we have parasympathetic, rest and digest, and then sympathetic, fight and flight, like warrior mode and monk mode. Most people are sympathetically toned basically most of their life. That's just the life that we lead. Your body is going to have a far bigger affinity to dropping body fat and being healthy and doing what you want it to do, the more parasympathetic that you are, okay? So definitely consider just working on stress in any way that you can to make sure that it is mitigated, it is controlled, lowered, because you're going to, one, it's going to improve your quality of life right now, but also it's going to help you in terms of your fat loss desires. And last on the list for today is just simply too much of a focus on weight loss, not fat loss. When we're trying to get leaner, we're all looking at the scales, like me included, right? It's, you know, no different. We're all looking at the scales and we're looking to see the number go down. The simple thing that I will say here is weight loss is not fat loss. If the goal was weight loss, well, I would just say to you, stop eating and go and run a marathon every day. Oh my goodness, you're going to lose weight, but it's not going to be very successful long term, is it? Like that's straight away, I say that and you're like, that's not going to lead to a good outcome. No, you'd lose weight because a lot of it would be muscle, because your body would just cannibalize that muscle off as quick as it possibly could. So I would always focus on actual fat loss, which is gonna happen a damn sight slower than you would prefer it to. You know, a pound a week regularly for the next X amount of months would see you to your goal and it would be sustainable. Now, when someone comes to us and we've had this recently where someone was wanting to lose five pounds a week and we're like, you've got a bit to lose and you might do that for the first couple of weeks and it will slow down. And when it slowed down, they, you know, we're not particularly happy. And we were like, there's going to be certain things we can control and certain things we can't control. And rate of fat loss is going to be one of those things. And, and five pounds per week, the body can't literally actually oxidize five pounds per week. Like obviously it depends on the size of the person, but it's not going to be able to do that long term. You know, if someone comes down to a pound, maybe two pound per week regular loss, that's excellent progress. Just because it's number one, it's like it's the one after zero, doesn't mean that if you lost a pound of fat, for the next 12 weeks, something like that's a lot. And you would know that it was just fat. You could probably go off and go quicker. Yes, but you're now losing muscle as well. And maintaining muscle mass should be as a top priority when it comes to dropping body fat. Another thing is, well, some very lucky people out there 
are going to be able to, if put in the right circumstances with the right plan and everything's on point, some very, very lucky people will be able to build muscle and drop fat at the same time because I've seen it happen. I cannot. My body will not do that. For all my trying, I just, I, I mean, I'm either dropping fat or building muscle. I'm going in one or two directions and that will also be about 90% of people out there. But I definitely over the years have trained people where I remember one particular guy who I was training in person back in my hometown in, in the UK and he was 94 kilos, 95 kilos, 94 kilos, 95 kilos. And he was getting a bit frustrated and I was like, how's going on here? And we were a few, good few weeks in and I was like, do me, do me, do me another set of progress pictures. He sent them to me. I put the first, you know, this first set and the next set to each other. There had been like a kilo up, kilo down, kilo up, kilo down, but the pictures were completely different, completely different. So we were, fo- well, we weren't, he was focused on what, you know, I'm not, lo- I'm not losing weight. I'm not losing weight. But he'd lost a lot of fat and actually replaced it in terms of muscle weight. Again, when we're considering all things, don't get too myopically focused on the scale. Yes, you should weigh yourself daily. And yes, you should track the number, but don't get attached to the number itself. There we go. So there's just 15. There will, of course, be many other reasons that you could possibly think of. And if we sat here long enough, we could think of many other reasons as to why you've probably not dropped the body uh, body fat that you want to and you've not been able to keep it off. But those were the ones that when I sat down and just had a quick think about it came to my mind. And again, in no particular order. But if you're hearing some of those and you know full well you've been struggling with some of those, don't struggle. Reach out. It doesn't have to be to us. It's when we're looking at helping someone drop body fat, all of those things, we just inherently as coaches take into consideration you know someone will come in and they you know they want a particular diet plan or a training plan it's like we're considering all these other things because we know it's aligning all of them all of them over a period of time that leads to the best success so i hope that that's helped thank you for coming along to the show and i will see you in the next episode Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We hope that you feel motivated to start making changes in your life so you can see those results that you've been wanting to achieve. Remember, you can do anything you set your mind to. If you love the show, please leave us a five-star review and make sure you tell your friends. If you'd like to connect with Andy, you can find him on Instagram at Andy underscore Nailer underscore Pure underscore Elite underscore Pro. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. Talk to you again soon.